0: name, amen. And I'm so great, Jesus, in all no things. I've seen a glimpse of your heart, a billion years, still I'll be seeing. How can I praise you enough? How can I praise you enough? You are the Lord Almighty. Oh, i shining all the stars in glory. Your love is like the wildest ocean. No, nothing else compares. You are the Lord. You are the Lord Almighty. Oh, i shining all the stars in The wildest ocean nothing else can be Praise God can somebody shout hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, Somebody else shout I'm here I am expecting. I believe you are. <laughs> Threw you off, didn't I? Uh, tonight, I'm, uh, I'd announce on the weekend, this is my sermon title tonight. It's pretty, pretty easy to catch. More. Somebody say more. more. <laughs> and so, as we get into this tonight, the Christian life lived, the way that Jesus intends for us to live it, is all about more. And so you may say, well, more what? More everything, Uh, especially more life. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy, but he says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it what? More. More abundantly, more life. And so In this verse here, Jesus talks about two opposing forces, um, dark and light, bad and good, the devil and God. And tonight, as he makes the contrast here, make no mistake about it, you and I, all of the human race, are under the influence of one or the other we're either under the influence uh, and control uh, uh, of of the devil or we're under the influence and control of God. And so if we haven't gotten saved, if we have never given our lives to Christ, then we really are under the influence uh, of the devil. Now I know that there may be some that would take argument or or argue with that uh statement because somebody might say, "Well, you know, I I, I never uh, sold my soul out to the devil, and and we may ne- may have never taken a some kind of demonic oath, you know, or pledged our lives to the devil. But the truth is, all of us were born that way. We were we were born under the influence of the devil. Yeah, I know. I didn't think I'd get shouted down on that. But it is true, nevertheless, the human race, after Adam and Eve sinned, they, they blew it, didn't they? And from them, uh, all of the human race fell under the influence and control of the enemy. And this is what Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 and through 3 is talking about. It says, uh, and you, he's talking in verse 1 about Christians. He says, and you, say me. See, if you're a believer, this is talking about you. He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. And then he brings the contrast in which you once walked according to the course of this world. He's talking about our before life, before Christ. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also... We all, that means everybody, doesn't it? So when I talk about being under the influence or control of the devil, I'm not pointing my finger at anybody because this is what we all were. We all were. Also, we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. So we were all in the same boat, weren't we? Uh, and this is the state, verses 2 and 3, of those who don't know Christ, those who haven't been born again. Walking, it says in verse 2, according to the prince of the power of the air. And that's just a long uh, way of saying walking according to the influence uh, of the devil. Now, Jesus said the devil's purpose in our lives is to steal, to kill, and destroy. And tonight, Satan wants to steal our joy. He wants to steal our happiness. He wants to kill and to destroy our hopes, our dreams, and ultimately, our lives. And before we are born again, we are actually, the Bible says, dead in trespasses and sins. Now, that's something, isn't it? We, before we get saved, you know what we were? We were the walking dead. That's what we were. Uh, by, by all intents and purposes, outwardly, we, we looked like we were alive, but on the inside, we were dead. We were the walking dead. But there is an opposing force to the devil, and his name is Jesus Christ. Now tell yourself or tell somebody, he always wins. And Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The Christian life as God intends us to live it is all about more. Now, one of the biggest lies of the devil is that the Christian life is a boring, mindless, goofy life. It is. It's one of the biggest lies of the devil that if you give your life to Christ, then what you've done is you've just given your life over to uh, a, a boring, mindless, goofy life. And that's a lie. Now, listen, I, I know there are some believers. I know there are people who are believers who have given their lives to Christ who may not be living life to the potential that God intends for them to live, and their lives may be boring, mindless, and goofy. Goofy. But I was thinking about it, and the Christian life sees anything but this uh, uh, dweeb of a life. Christians, it takes a real man, it takes a real woman to live for God, to stand up and be a man or woman or child of God in this generation to where we have the courage to live our convictions that we just don't sell out, that we're not just uh, kind of flowing along with the course of the world, that we are, you know, uh, Christians, uh, we are to be loving of everyone. And so, therefore, it doesn't matter what the person has done, who they are, or their background, or what they're involved in, we are called to love everyone. And I'm telling you tonight, it takes a real man, it takes a real woman to love like that. And saying that, it does not mean that we are tolerant. As Christians, you and I are to be intolerant of certain things in our own lives. We are to be intolerant of sin having dominion over us. We are not to tolerate a a life where we just go ahead and live the same old way like we used to. Jesus Christ came, lived, he died, he rose again from the dead to give you and I a life more than just what we had before. He came to give us more. Say it again tonight, more, more. It takes a real man, takes a real woman to live the Christian life. And And I'm not saying that we do it on our own. That's why Jesus did come. That's why he lived. That's why he died. That's why he rose again was to give us more, more life, more everything, so that you and I wouldn't have to settle for a less than life. And I want to encourage all of us to contend for the life that Jesus paid a terrible price to give us, a life of more. And I want you to shout it out again tonight, more. Uh, My wife Cindy and I were watching uh, uh, Oliver Twist the other night, again. And there's a scene in it, I thought of it too late, but Uh, If you've ever watched, it's a a pretty cool movie about this orphan, Oliver Twist, and there's a scene at the beginning of it where he's in the orphanage, and they're given this slop to eat, and they finish it. They're never given enough to eat. They're always hungry, and so he drew the The short straw and they, they wanted more. And so he goes up with his bowl and everybody's watching him and he goes to the man that was in charge and he says, sir, I would like or give me more. And the guy reacts and says, more, more. And then, uh, he didn't, he didn't get more. And I was thinking of that whole storyline, Charles Dickens, and, and the whole storyline of the, of the orphan and the orphanage, and then life took a turn, and things, uh, there was a, was a good ending to the story, and it all turned out all right, but I was thinking about it tonight, just as I was praying before the service, you and I are not uh, orphans, are we? we are are not like Oliver Twist. And you know, as Christians, we should not live a less than life when Jesus paid such a price to give us more. And so, we have not been given a life where we are just given a, a, a bowl of slop to eat and then wanting more because we're always hungry. Uh, we're, never, we're never contented in our lives. Uh, Jesus came, he lived, he died, he rose again to give us more, more. We are not orphans. You and I are children of the living God. The Bible calls us kings and priests to God. We have dignity. We have his life flowing through us and tonight we should not settle for a less than life you and I he has given us dominion over sin Uh, uh, Romans chapter 6 says sin shall not have dominion over you now I know that all of us are dealing still with issues in our life but that's not an excuse to say well you know Christians aren't perfect they're just forgiven that there may be an element of truth to that Uh, I, I know there's no perfect people in here, including myself, uh, but that's no excuse for us to just let stuff go on in our life uh, because it just always has been that way. Well, you know, I am i am what I am, and that's all that I am. I can't do any better. I've just always been this way. I've always had this habit, or I've always had this hang-up, or I've always had this propensity to to do that uh, that we know and our heart convicts us about. Uh, You know, tonight, Jesus Christ lived. He died. He rose again to give us uh, life, his life, his ability, and so that we can say, no, I am not going to tolerate that in my life anymore. Jesus paid too dear a price uh, for me to let that go on. More. So I want you to say more. I want more. More, more, more life, more everything, more of everything that God has for us. Let's not settle for less. Then I want to encourage us tonight to not settle for less. Now, having said that, I know there there have been times uh, in my own life since becoming a Christian where I have almost settled for less. I went uh, through a crisis uh, in my life and family back uh, several decades ago. And uh, that made me think at that time that maybe all I could hope for in my future Christian life, when I had kind of a plan back and I was crushed, and I I thought, well, I'm going to stay saved, I'm going to raise my kids to know Jesus, and then I'm just pretty much going to be unhappy until I die or Jesus comes. Now, that's a fairly bleak outlook on life, but I'm telling you, even as I say that tonight, back in that time, because of that experience, it was real in me. I wasn't going to give up on God. God never gave up on me. I'm not going to give up on Him. I was going to serve Him. I was going to raise my kids to serve God. But because of what happened, I thought I just won't be happy again. Uh, I'll just live for God until I die. And Jesus comes back, and you may be here tonight, and maybe something has happened in your life to where your, your expectations of God and of life are are kind of low right now because of of experience. Maybe life or experience uh, has just sucked the air and the life right out of you. But I want to encourage you tonight that God, I want to encourage all of us tonight that God has something more. And He did in my life. I uh, I came, I moved to Kingman with my kids, uh, came, was, uh, came into ministry here, and man, oh, almost 20 years later, I tell you, life is good, amen. Uh, I, uh, a year after I've been here, met Cindy, we got married, I tell you what, life is good. <laughs> life is good. And listen. All of our experiences are different. All of our lives are different. We go through different things. But all of us have experienced loss and pain and heartache and things that, that uh, we thought we would never face maybe. And I want you to know if you're in that place tonight where your expectations of God and maybe of life and of your life may be kind of low, I want to encourage you that God has so much more. Oh, he does. God can God can turn look. God is good about turning pages. He can turn a page in our life. Amen. And whereas one, at one time you thought uh, it's just going to be this way, listen, God has so much more for us. I want to encourage you uh, tonight. God has more for you. God has more for us. Now, that's one extreme. Those of, of us who may have gone through something that just knocked us flat. But maybe you're here and you're on the other side and and maybe you're at the other side of that spectrum and you're in a place where life is really pretty good and you're enjoying God God's moving in your life, maybe in your own personal life, or your family, or uh, maybe uh, finances have just been, God has just helped you and blessed you, and things are going along good. Uh, your health is uh, is good, and life is good, and God is good, and man, woo and so you, you're good. And so if that's you, I'm not here to rain on your parade by any means. Enjoy. Uh, the Bible says that God blesses us uh, with all things richly to enjoy. And so enjoy the goodness. Enjoy the favor. Recognize where it came from. It came from God. And so I'm not going to down put you uh, for, for having, uh, uh, being blessed and enjoying the blessing. Enjoy that blessing of God, right? That's what the Bible says. But even if that is you tonight, I do want to encourage you uh, where you are, don't settle in there. That's not all God has for us. Is just in being blessed. God has so much more. More. And so if you if life is good and going on good, I want to encourage you tonight. Believe and trust God for more. Say so more what? More joy, more peace, more experiences of God working in and through our lives. And I want you to remind yourself and say it again tonight. More. More. Say I want more. See, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's going to fill us up. Can you say amen? Some of you are starting to feel a little like, yeah. Somebody say, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ephesians. Now, let me just pause for a moment. You know, there are times that I set out in a message, and, and my goal is to rev it up. I'll be straight up honest with you tonight that I prepared this message to encourage, to build up, to encourage us, to dare to believe God for more. And I pray tonight that not one of us leaves this place, but what we feel encouraged and built up and trusting God for more. Ephesians three twenty one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I've got a few, but this is one of my favorites. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Now this verse is potent, isn't it? And it can be summed up, that whole verse can be summed up uh, with just one word, more. (laughs) That's one of the most challenging verses in the Bible. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Did you catch that tonight? God is able to do way more than we ask or even think according to the power that works in us. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, see, that's the problem. I don't know, but I have enough power working in my life. If you are saved, if you've been born again, if Jesus Christ has come into your life, do not sell yourself short. Or do not sell Jesus in you short. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so you may not feel that power, but that power, if you're born again, that power of God rests in you. According to the power that works in you, it's Christ in you. Say, Christ in me. One of the most powerful examples over the years I've I've heard of someone wrestling with their own potential and kind of wondering and questioning about what God could do in their life. And yet, being stirred for more, it happened to a Baptist pastor in Flagstaff. This happened uh, decades ago. His name was Vern Nesbitt. I heard this story. I knew of him because he was pastoring in Flagstaff at the same time but I got saved back, I got saved in 1975, and he was the pastor of the Baptist Church in the old historic, they called it, it was on Beaver Streets downtown uh, in Flagstaff, it's, it's, the address is 123 Beaver Street. <clears throat> And it, we, we called it Beaver Baptist Church. It was an old uh, rock historic church, and he had a good ministry going there, a Baptist pastor, and he had never really uh, uh, delved into a lot of uh, believing God for uh, the supernatural or healing or those kind of things in his ministry because that just wasn't what he had been trained in, but God was stirring him at that time for more. While all this is going on, God's been dealing with them. You know, when God begins to talk to us and challenge us and encourage us to believe Him for more, it's it's a good thing. But it can it can be challenging. And so late one night he and his wife are in bed asleep. They get one of those phone calls that wakes them up in the middle of the night. And he says, hello, and the other end of the phone, there's a woman. She says, pastor, you don't know me, but she says, I visited your church. And she says, my daughter is in the hospital. She's been uh, shot with an arrow, and it's critical. Would you please pray for her? And then she hung up the phone. That's all, that's all I got. His wife obviously had woken up at the same time uh, that the phone rang, and so he told her about the phone call, and they got down beside the bed and began to pray for the little girl that got shot with this arrow. They got finished praying, and they got back in the bed, but he was restless, and he felt like he ought to do something more. And, and so he, what he did is he just couldn't go back to sleep, so he got on the phone and called uh, the hospital in Flagstaff, and he said, uh, I, "I says uh, this may be an unusual kind of question, but he explained who he was, pastor of the Baptist Church. <clears throat> and he said, was there? Is there? A, a, do you have a little girl there that was shot with an arrow?'" And the the nurse or whoever answered the phone said, "Yes, uh, she was here, but her wounds were so critical that she's been transferred, uh, airlifted to." Burroughs uh, Neurological Institute in Phoenix, and so he said, all right, thank you for that, and hung up the phone. He's still feeling like, even though she's a distance from Flag, they ought to do something. He's just feeling, God, stir him. And there's a man in his church that owns a small aircraft. He called him up in the middle of the night, asked him if he would be willing to drive him on to uh, uh, or fly him into Phoenix uh, so that he could get to, to the hospital there, Burroughs, and uh, the guy agreed, and they got on the plane, flew him down to Phoenix, and he and he got over to the to Burroughs Neurological Institute, met the family, and they explained to him the story of what had happened to their little girl. They lived in Joseph City, which is right if you've been on I forty between Williams, or I'm sorry Winslow and Holbrook. Joe City is a little burg just right between. Uh, uh, Winslow and Holbrook and back in those days I-40 wasn't even finished all the way through there you always went through Joe City so it's a little little town uh, barely even a town right there and so uh, this little girl and and some of the other neighborhood kids were were in a barn playing and the neighbor that owned that, that barn didn't know they were in there and he had set up a target on the side of his barn and was practicing with a compound bow, target practicing, and he let an arrow fly. I believe it either missed the the, the, the uh, target or went through the target one way or another. It went through a hole in the barn and then struck that little girl in the head. The kids began to scream and yell, and so he uh, throws his bow down goes running around into the barn and as he looks down he sees this little girl and he just completely loses it. and he did the worst thing he could have done. He reaches down and grabs that girl and just pulls it out. And then he collapsed. The whole thing was just too much for him. The parents rushed the little girl to the hospital in Holbrook. They then transferred her to Flagstaff. Flagstaff then transferred her to Phoenix and, and at this time they say she is in 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 uh critical condition she's not expected to live if she does live they don't, they expect that she'll have uh massive uh she's had massive brain trauma and that she'll just never be the same you can imagine the heartbreak of the, these parents so vern nesbitt in his own testimony, and I heard his own testimony on, on a, a CD about this or a, a cassette tape uh, about this story, and he said in his own words he didn't feel a whole lot of faith. It wasn't like he felt, you know, a surge of, of faith and trust in God, but he w- just obeyed God. You understand? He He went ahead, and he said, well, can I pray for her? And basically, he, he talked to the family and shared with them and said, you know, talk to them about uh, life after death and kind of prepared them. If she did die, you know, he didn't at that time early in his ministry and that, that stage in his ministry, uh, he didn't have a, a, a lot of understanding about about the Scripture of healing and and all of that. He knew Scripture, but he just didn't, he had never put it into practice or didn't know. And so he goes in and he prays, he said a very basic prayer over her for healing, but then comforted the family in the case that she was to, to pass, that she would go on to be with the Lord. And so that's how kind of he left it. But see, God God knows us, and God, as He stirs us, you know, God can use us no matter, it doesn't matter what we feel is going on if we just dare to trust Him for more. And so he left and went back to Flagstaff. The next day, this little girl is in ICU. Nurses in there attending to her, and the the very next day, this little girl sits bolt upright in her bed and said, "Where's my doll?" And the nurse so freaked out, boom, she passed out. And they came in, they looked her over. God had listened. God had miraculously healed this little girl. Two weeks later, she stood in uh, the church there at Vern Nesbitt's church at Beaver Baptist Church and testified about how God had healed her. She went on to live a healthy life uh, and later graduated at the top of her class in college. Awesome story. True story. Now, I tell that because I want to encourage us to believe God in our lives for more. Here was a man... Who, and, and after that time, he became one of the uh, principal uh, teachers and instructors at Youth with a Mission at their base in Hawaii, and for years taught in their uh, school and taught about healing and the miraculous and was schooled and became, uh, 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 I think he got even, he had his doctorate degree, all of this, uh, but he had experience uh, to match uh, his understanding of God's Word And he dared to believe God in his life, even though he didn't feel much going on at the time, he dared to trust God to use him for more. And I want to encourage us tonight in our lives, in whatever area it may be, to believe God, trust God for more. Say more. More. Praise God. Well, I'm going to skip right over. It's two pages right there. And I'm going to wrap this up and we're going to pray because I, I want to just encourage us to believe God in our lives for more, more more of everything that God has for us. The Christian life is about more and I'm going to have to go through here. <laughs> there it is. In first Peter chapter one, well, I got three verses of scripture, then we're going to pray. First Peter chapter one, verse eight talks about more says, whom having not seen you love, in whom though you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You see, when the Bible talks about joy, it talks about more. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's talking about a, a fullness, uh, uh, thats something that's even hard for us to express because of what's going on in our life. And I want to encourage every one of us here tonight to believe God for more joy, more joy. Joy is the the best definition I've ever come up with is an immense sense of well-being, joy, God's joy, God's joy, working in a joy unspeakable. You know, I don't even know how I can explain it to you because it's unspeakable, joy unspeakable. Unspeakable and full of glory, Un- joy, unspeakable. When you can't even speak about it, it you can you can try to explain it, but it's almost like man, I don't even know the words to express it all. It's joy, uns- it's more joy. Say more joy. When the Bible talks about peace, Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, when it, the Bible talks about joy, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. When it talks about peace, it talks about a peace that surpasses all understanding. You know what that means? That means that we can, have a, we can be going through something, uh, a difficulty or something else going on in our life, uh, wherein yet in the midst of of that we still have peace. That's where there may not be any natural explanation for its presence, and yet in the midst of that, there's peace. Why? Because God has more peace, say, more peace. More peace. And finally, Ephesians 3:19, when the Bible talks about love, it says to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. You know what that means? It means it just blow your mind. Passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You know what I call that? More. More love. A love that passes when the Bible see the Bible talks about so much. It talks about more, more in our life, more more joy unspeakable and full of glory, more peace, peace that surpasses all understanding, and love that passes knowledge, love of God, love of Jesus. Jesus came and he lived, he died for people like you and me. You know what, that, that is, how, how can we understand that? In our own natural minds, we will never be able to put together why God would love us that much. How he can love us that much, care for us that much, and yet he has more love for us, more love, more love than we'll ever understand this side of eternity. But we can get to know it more and more and more. Somebody say more Praise God. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. God's so good. His love is so good. It, it surpasses understanding, Passes knowledge awesome so much more god has so much more and so my my whole purpose tonight in preaching was to encourage our hearts to believe god for more in our lives more of everything more of god more of god's presence more of god's peace more of god's joy more of god's love more of god's provision more More, more, more. If you're here tonight and you've never given your life to Christ, you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, but tonight you would like to, I would like to just uh, include you in our closing prayers. Before we leave this place tonight, the most important decision you will ever make in your life is for Jesus. And I'm telling you tonight, the Christian life, uh, and God help us. There's so many uh, of us that may have wrong opinions about what it is, but I, I want to just tell you tonight, the Christian life is about more. It's not a less than life. It's a more than life. As we live, as God helps us to live the life and live to the potential that He has for it's a more than life. He has more for you. He's got forgiveness for you of everything. Tonight, maybe you've never given your life to Christ, but you'd like to tonight. Uh, nobody's looking around. We'd like to include you in this prayer. Just slip your hand up and indicate your need for, uh, for him tonight and his forgiveness. Anyone across this building, has about, no one looking around? God bless you. Praise God. Anybody else, real quick, as we're pausing just a moment for you. <laughs> you feel that tug of God on your life. You just say, you know what, I, I need his forgiveness. Anybody else? Praise God. Let's stand to our feet tonight. We're going to pray together and first begin by praying for forgiveness, and then we're going to pray just for more of God and an expectation in our life for more of Him. Let's just pray. If you bow your head, close your eyes, and repeat this with me Jesus, thank you for coming, for living, for dying. For my sin I know that I have sinned throughout my life but I believe the truth of your word <laughs> that you died for me your word says whoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved I call upon you Jesus, save me, wash me in your blood, and make me clean. Thank you for forgiving me <laughs> for all of my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for a life of more, more life, more joy, more peace, more love, more of all that you offer to me and through me. Jesus, help me to live my life more, more, more in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Would you give the Lord a clap offering and thank Him? Praise God. Isn't God good? I pray you're encouraged. I pray nobody leaves this place tonight but what you're encouraged. And, and have your expectations uh, for more of God and more of his moving in your life to you and through you. Our prayer team's up here at the front afterwards. If you'd like personal prayer, they'll be.